We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. No games on the schedule? No! That doesn't stop us from talking football. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Here are your hosts, past WFCA President Tom Swiddle and WSSP High School Insider, Big Time Mike McGiver. The Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show is always presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Tom Swiddle. He's the past president of WFCA, WFCA Hall of Fame member. This is a great week. It is a great week. It's One of my favorite show. shows, right? Yeah, mine too. Mine, there's no doubt. You, you know, anytime you can uh, spread good news on a show like this, and, and we like to, you know, certainly promote and celebrate um, what goes on with the WFCA, and this is a, a day that we certainly can do that. 10.15 um, to 10.45 uh, we're going to announce uh, the 2020 WFC Hall of Fame class. And uh, Doug Sarver's in studio with us. Doug, how you doing? Pretty good, Mike. Yeah, it's good to, to good to see you. It's finally getting warm out. Finally, I guess yeah. it's about 66 degrees yeah. warm. Swiddle keeps going to Vegas to get warm. He's not going to have to go to <laughs> Vegas anymore. How's the shoulder doing, Tommy, by the way? It's, it's doing better. Getting a little better every day. My wife was not happy with you two weeks Why ago. Why is that? Because you, uh, you came out of the air and said, yeah, I'm not supposed to drive. And I said, how are you getting home? And you said, well, I'm driving. <laughs> She's like, you well, tell Coach Swiddle yeah. that he's not supposed to be driving. I got cleared on Monday. I knew I would be cleared. So. Attaboy. Yeah. That's good. Hey, let me run down today's show. John Hoke, he is the uh, WFCA Hall of Fame chairman, is going to join us here in a minute. In fact, we're reaching out to him right now. Then the retired coach at, uh, at Cochrane Fountain City. Is it Steve Liga? Liga. Liga is going to be joining us. And he... Uh, He's being put in the hall. He is. Man, he's excited for sure. And then from 11 to 11.30, we got a couple of guys in studio. We're going to cut uh, uh, Doug Sarver loose at, at 11, and we're going to be talking. We're going to switch to youth football a little bit. Yes. Uh, a little more discussion. And then from 11.30 to noon, um, we're going to talk about, uh, is it Vices? Vices Helmets, yes. Yep. Vices Helmets and big sponsor of WFCA and doing great work with in, with safety and helmets. Absolutely. Did a lot of research on that. rated Helmet on the market. So year three. Three years yeah. in a row have been the highest rated. And we're going to talk um, with uh, with Todd uh, Kibbe about that. And uh, we'll do that from 1130 to noon. I think we are now joined by John Hoke, WFCA Hall of Fame chairman. John, how you been? Been real good. Real good. Summer's going too quick, though. Yeah, you know what? You're, you, <laughs> yeah. What summer? What summer? Yeah. It's not warm yet. You yeah. guys you guys are kicking off here in a few weeks. So, um yeah. Hey, and I've and I've looked at uh, at this year's uh, this year's class and the guys that are inducted and boy, there are some really good names. Congratulations on on uh, on putting some really quality men into the WFC Hall of Fame, John. Thank you, and I think our committee has just been doing a super job of uh, really looking at them and studying them before we put them in. And I'm going to tell you what this is in in my years of all doing it when I was just helping out and. 
and to now, this is probably the toughest class when we looked at for trying to narrow it down to a small group of quality people that are going in. Not only, John, was it tough just based on this year's nominees, but we had so many great nominees from years past that we don't forget about. No, we don't. We go all the way through back to five years, and we look at those, and I, you know, I think we pull up three or four of those this year. We go along, and we push some some back that got nominated this year till next year, and and uh, it's just a it's it's amazing the quality of uh, coaches we have out there, and the things they do besides football. That uh, that's probably the most amazing. Hey, John, can I ask you? Do you guys have a set number? On uh, okay, we're going to put in this many this year, and 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 then when you get to that number, then then you're going to look at those guys that didn't get in next year. I mean, do, is there a set number, or do you guys decide that as you go? Um, we uh, have kind of come up with the idea that we want to try to keep it at ten or around ten. Uh, you know, so that we were real close, almost doing eleven this year, but we said nah, we'll put this one as a top priority to go in next year because it was. Age-wise, and uh, you know, first-time nominated. So, uh, but uh, yeah, we 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 definitely try to keep it ten and have it a great quality uh, uh, banquet. Uh, with Dave Keel being our uh, MC, that just does an outstanding job of of the banquet. And you've been there, Mike. It's, it's yeah, it's, it just gets better every year. And and you know what? And Dave Keel is good at. If, when he decides he doesn't want to coach football anymore, he could go on the circuit. Uh, he was really, really good, and and he uh, he kept everything moving, and he was fun and and comfortable with that microphone in it, in his hand. I'll tell you that. Definitely, he uh, he does a super job, and and this year, he, this past year, he added a little something to it. He went out and contacted and somebody in that school and got got a personal story that you don't see in the bio that you get. And he gave everybody a personal story. It really made it uh, more more meaningful. John, could you give our listeners an idea of the process? It's a little bit more than just submitting a name to the Hall of Fame committee. There, There is a process. Uh, uh, could you describe what that is? Yeah, yeah. Real shortly, it's, you know, there's an age requirement. You have to be at least 50 years old before you can get in. And then you get, have to be nominated by a football coach uh, to – Get it. And once you're nominated, um, then you get contacted by our Sharna, our WFCL secretary, and sends a bunch of paperwork that you have to fill out. Once you get that paperwork filled out, she collects it all, and and then she sends it to everybody. And you know, it's great that it's it's a lot easier now that the computers are up compared to getting this big packet of of sheets of paper that we used to get. And uh, then each individual goes through that and comes. You know, we don't talk beforehand. They kind of just, everybody comes, we come together. You know, it's amazing that, you know, probably out of the 10, eight of us all have the same person that should go in. And it's, it's but it's a long discussion, and and we have a meeting in June just this past week and, and got our members in, and uh, it, it, it's a fun thing to do. And we got quality people like Tom's on it and, and Doug Sarver, you mentioned Dan Brunner, and and uh, people up north, and so it's a good group of people. Hello, Coach Hoke. Coach Sarver here. Hey, how you doing, Doug? Hey, it was my first year as a a committee member in the selection process. So, uh, you know, it's obviously you have some candidates that are what we would call slam dunks, and then there was about three of those, and then from there it gets pretty tough. 
as a first first time committee guy, and it gets pretty tough to decide uh, among the committee. And there's some pretty good candidates that are left for next year or the year after. Yeah, and and you yeah, and you know uh, the form that's filled out. It, it's kind of unnatural because you sort of have to brag. I mean, you got to give a lot of information, like career records, conference championships, state championships, whatever. And you know, a lot of guys have a hard time filling that out because they don't want to talk about themselves in that way. You know, they're kind of modest guys, you know. And it's you got to kind of brag about yourself a little there's, bit. There's two on the first sheet that you gave me, and you yeah. gave me a sheet that's about six pages long. Two of those guys. I think probably that I know fairly well really had a hard time with that. And when we get to this, guys that know these guys are going to know who I'm talking about. Yeah. But two of those guys, I'm sure it was painful for them. Yeah. And so I, I, I agree with that. Hey, um, can, can I ask, who makes the call to these guys? Uh, I do. I, I made a call. It's amazing. <laughs> Unbelievable this year. I call uh, one of the individuals. And I didn't get him. He called me back, and he says, what do you need? And I'm, I don't want to say any names. And he says, I go, and he says, I can't believe it. He's excited as heck. He's in Canada out in the lake fishing. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. That's, yeah. that's... The other one was fishing up north in Wisconsin. He was just getting in his boat. Great. And another one I caught right before they were going to Germany for two weeks. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've caught somebody walking uh, on uh, trails out in the Rocky Mountains. And it, it's amazing. But it, it all, everyone just it makes their day. They, it, it, it's probably the highlight of the, my selection process is contacting people. Yeah, that would be. I'd I'd like to be that guy making those yeah. calls. We're talking to John Hoke. He is the uh, Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Hall of Fame chairman. And uh, the next two segments, uh, Doug uh, Sarver is in studio. Tom Swiddle. They're going to announce the 2020 WFC Hall of Fame class and the guys that are going to be inducted in into that class. Hey, John, do, do you um do you get calls ever from guys that don't make it to ask why? I know. Honestly, we don't. Um, we get, we get calls mainly from somebody that said, you know, I nominated him this year. Uh, just wondering where the process is, and we tell them, and hey, that's about it. But more more importantly, we probably get calls. Hey, before we select somebody, hey, this guy really needs to go in. Kind of giving him the last minute uh, call or verification that this guy's a good kid or a good good guy. To put yeah. In the Hall of Fame. John, in my role as president the last few years, you know, every once in a while I'll get approached from somebody about nomination process and uh, does this guy uh, deserve to be in the, uh, the Hall of Fame? What do you think? Those types of things, the questions whether or not uh, that's a good candidate, those types of things we get. But I don't think we've ever received anything that uh, I don't know if Tom has or not, but uh, about why he didn't get in. Well, what I've no. gotten is, you know, if they didn't get in in the year they were nominated, what else do I have to do? Do I have to resubmit anything, which right. they don't? I mean, we have all that stuff in this huge book, and, uh, you know, we all have copies of everything. But uh, that's about the only question I've ever gotten. Hey, John, and, and go ahead. Know it, after five years, when they kind of go off the book, we all contact them and say that uh, your five-year limit, please resubmit. We, we go from there. 
That's great. Hey, John, we're going to cut you loose because I don't want these next two segments to go short. I want to give us as much time as we can. Uh, John, thank you for the time and the passion that you that you have uh, as the the chairman of the Hall of Fame, and and really great job in this year's uh, this year's class. So thank you. Thank you very much, and it's a great radio show. Love the love the wish I could understand how my wife gets it on on the phone. So I can <laughs> you know what? You, you hang on to her. That's all you need to know. This uh, John Hoke, thank you very much. Uh, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, Tom Swiddle, Doug Sarver, they're going to announce the 2020 WFCA Hall of Fame class. And these guys, uh, it's a really good list. So stick around for that. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I'm Mike Weaver alongside Tom Swiddle. He's my co-host and our special guest, Doug Sarver, in studio. As uh, these guys go ahead and announce this year's class, 2020 WFCA Hall of Fame class, the the coaches that are that got in. And I'm going to just turn it over to you, boys. Thanks, Mike. And, and Mike, uh, we should say from the start, there are three categories in, in uh, this process. There's head coaches, there's coaches that will go in as a head coach assistant, meaning that they've probably had equal time at both. Yep. And then we have coaches that go in as an assistant. And we're going to start today with uh, the head coaches going in. And uh, uh, Doug kind of mentioned before that there were some slam dunks, and boy, are there ever some slam dunks here. So the first uh, coach going into the class of 2020 WFCA Hall of Fame is Kirk DeNoyer from Wisconsin Lutheran. Now, look at this resume, Mike. 20 years as a head coach. He has won 196 games, five state championships, three state runners-up, 20 playoff appearances. So almost, you know, um, half of his his tenure, they they made the state finals, if you can grasp that. And 15 conference championships. Unbelievable. And, yeah, and and you know Kirk had one of the most dynamic offenses with that that Veer uh, offense that he ran, and and uh, um, just a tremendous tremendous addition. Yeah, unfortunately, we uh, would get bumped up to D3, and would see this uh, Wisconsin Lutheran <laughs> program up close and personal yeah. a few times, yeah. and, and a few times when they went on and won the uh, the state championship. Kirk has just done an outstanding job at Wisconsin Lutheran, and he, I know they miss him. He's one of the two guys on this first sheet that I know he had a hard time filling that thing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. He's uh, he's not a self promoter. No, at all. not at all. In fact, it, I saw him uh, the last couple of years because he was coaching basketball at uh, up at uh, Lakeside Lutheran, and uh, they they uh, sorry to say that they had to come play us at Martin Luther the last two years, and he's no longer going to be coaching basketball there. And uh, he did a great job with the basketball program as well. He's a good man. He is. Okay. Our next candidate that uh, made the Hall of Fame is Joe Labuda from Menominee High School. Joe is a 30 years as head coach, 306 and 56 record, five state championships, two runners up, 23 conference championships, 29 playoff appearances, man. 
coach of the year eight times at the district level, two times at the state level. Again, another slam dunk in Joe Labuda at Menominee High School. Yeah, that was uh, that was a short putt right there, right? Yeah, that was about a one foot putt. Right, to tap that one in the cup. He uh, and he's been a, he's been really kind to give us time on this show and and uh, for around the corner. Um, we were up there, and he he was just phenomenal to work with, wanting to promote his program, and and certainly well deserved. Yeah, you know, and Joe came from Florida, you know, so he was sort of new to this whole thing, and boy, he just uh, took Menominee High School and just took off with them. Our next uh, inductee is Steve Rux from Waukesha West High School. Now, what's interesting here is Steve's father is also in the Hall of That's Fame, awesome. longtime coach at Oconomowoc with great success there. But Steve has been the head coach at Waukesha West for 19 years. He has 158 wins. He has won two state championships, two state runners-up, you know, four conference championships in the very tough Classic Eight, you know, which many, you know, people believe is the best football conference in the state. Three times he's been the district coach of the year. Five times Classic Eight coach of uh, coach of the year. Think about all the other head coaches in that league. Man, you know, to win that award. Uh, five times is incredible. Uh, he's coached in two All-Star games. And uh, if you look at over the last six years, his team has averaged being in the state semifinals every year. Every year. And, and look, I think people like like uh, that are sitting in the studio would also say, on the high school level, maybe one of the best offensive line coaches in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's that guy. And he's the second guy in this first sheet that I said that had to be – he, that just isn't him right. to fill that out. So, you know what, good for, for, for Steve Russ. You know, you kind of measure your program against programs like Waukesha West. You know, when I was at right. Brickfield East, um, you know, I, I came in, we had non-conference games already set up, which at that time everybody wanted to play Brookfield East because they, they couldn't win a game in football. But um, by the third year, so our, our third year that, that we were there at Brookfield East, we had an opportunity to – you know, step up, if you will, in non-conference games. And, and it just worked out. You know, I wanted to test our program against Waukesha West, who's, you know, defending state champion and all of that. So, um, you know, Steve has built a program that, that people want to test. You, you bet. Know, are we to their level? I would agree. Excellent. Our next uh, inductee? Next, next inductee is Dan St. Arnold of Niagara High School. He is currently the coach at Iron Mountain Michigan High School. 29 years as head coach, 41 years altogether. 180 wins, seven conference championships, 21 years in the playoffs, district coach of the year twice. Also, uh, I know that Dan has his son Brett in this profession also. He's the head coach now at Mount Horeb High School. Man, it's a family affair. And, And he's been doing this a long time. And for, you know what, for him to get in, and he's coaching in Michigan, but for him to be put in the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Hall of Fame, really well-deserved yeah. with those numbers. Well, I'm sure he's probably still living in Niagara. I mean, yeah, uh, Iron it's right Mountain there. High School is probably 10 minutes away from from uh, Niagara. But, yeah, he just crosses the border there. But just what a, what a career, you know, 41 years in the profession. Man. Hey, so those are the four that, that went in um, as head coaches. And uh, now we've got a number, and we've got some time to to keep going. So let's do that combination: head coach and assistant coach. Yeah, and the first one that went in in this category is Steve Liga from Cochrane Fountain City High School. Steve was the head coach there, and he's retired now. 
but uh, he was the head coach there for 25 years, 11 years as an assistant, 131 wins as a head coach, three conference championships, 15 years in the playoffs. Um, and when he was an assistant coach, he was a defensive coordinator for, and he was at different schools. But uh, he was the different. Uh, he was the defensive coordinator as an assistant for ten of those years. He's three times district coach of the year, and something else that that uh, you know has to be mentioned besides his coaching prowess is the fact that you know he's been a WFCA district rep for seventeen years and and just very active in the WFCA. Basically, will do whatever we ask him to do. If you know, Steve, could you take tickets at the All Star game? He'll do it. Yeah. You know, he was with me on the WFCA grant committee and a very active person in in that role. So um, just another very, very deserving man and, and just a great career and, again, has done so much for the WFCA. You know, and he's going to join us at 1045. We're going right. to reach out to him and get his feelings on on being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I can just add to that that uh, I, being the chairman of the All-Star Game, I've worked with th- Steve now three times. He'll be an assistant coach this summer. He's also been a head coach and an assistant before. So he's a great guy and uh, very active. Well, I'll tell you, so far, so good, guys. I mean, this is you, you talk about the amount of wins and the amount of time they've put in to the game of high school football, and uh, I, you can't go wrong with any of these. Uh, we've got time for two more here, Tom. Okay, the next uh, selection is Scott Stotts of Platteville and Lodi. 20 years as a head coach, 9 years as an assistant, 120 wins, 128 wins as a head coach. 65 as an assistant, five conference championships as a head coach, 16 years in the playoffs, 23 overall, three times district coach of the year, and has coached in the All-Star game twice. So, again, uh, you look at these resumes, the guys that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 amazing. Is he at Lodi now? No, he's he was at Platteville in his last stop. Right. Uh, I Got to know Scott because he coached in the All-Star game. We recruited him, actually, to ah. coach in the All-Star game his first time. So he has done a great job over there. I, I don't think he's coaching anymore. I think he's stepped down. Yeah. Good for, uh, good for him yeah. to be getting in. So now, Mike, we're in the assistant coaches category. Correct. And uh, we do have time to, to get at least one um, name read. And we're going to start with Tom Fugate from Homestead High School. That's a great choice. It is. Now, Think about this. All the success that Homestead has had in football, Tom is the first assistant coach from, from Homestead to get into the Hall of Fame. And there's, Really? Yeah, and there's going to be more, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You know, but um, and when you talk to Dave Keel about Tom, you get nothing but, you know, praise. He's been such a big part of their success at Homestead. 26 years an assistant at Homestead. He's a part of 273 wins. Over those 26 years, six state championships, one runners-up, 22 playoff appearances, 21 conference championships. Um, you know, and and like most of our guys, Mike. You know, when you look at the complete resume, we're really just talking about um, you know their coaching uh, career. But you know, Tom is like a lot of guys that get in. When I looked at the list of, of teacher and educator awards that he has won, yeah, you know, just you know, doing that part of it, that part of his job, you know, amazing. There, there probably were seven or eight of, of those kinds of awards at the local and state level. 
Boy, and as I mentioned, you know, the first Homestead assistant to be honored in the Hall of Fame. And Dave will have some fun with the introductions with him because I'm sure he'll have an insider two story that that he'll bring in. Let's if we can, and yep. we'll go it uh, kind of quickly, but let's get one more assistant coach if we can. Okay, the next selection is Paul Martin of Wanakee High School. He's assistant at Wanakee from 1992 through 2016. Coached the O line and D line. He actually was one of Pat Rice's uh, very highly regarded coaches, part of five state champions, three state runner-ups, 13 state semifinalists, 16 conference championships, 21 playoffs, state's longest winning streak at 48 games, 251 wins, state assistant coach of the year, along with numerous other coach of the year awards. Paul Martin of Wanakee High School, very well-deserved. Yeah. Yeah, hey, hey, those numbers were uh, that took up half the page there. Uh, you know, <laughs> good for him. And Wanakee obviously is one of those programs that people put up on a pedestal, and and rightfully so. Guys, let's get you a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue. Uh, we are announcing the 2020 WFCA Hall of Fame inductees, and we'll continue and finish that on the other side of the break. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show, presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show, as always presented by our friends at Raising the Stakes Fundraising Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Tom Swiddle and Doug Sarver. Let's get right to it. Second part, we are introducing and uh, talking a little bit about the guys that are being inducted in the 2020 WFCA Hall of Fame. Tom? So we're still in the assistant coach category, and the next uh, person we'd like to announce is Bernie Schmidt from Cudahy High School. Bernie was an assistant coach at Cudahy for 21 years. Um, he coached both the offensive and defensive line. Yes, there was a time when people used to coach both sides of the ball. Mike. Yeah, that's yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Not anymore, but. Yeah. Um, but you know some of the things that that he did there that I think are are, are really important to to football. He he helped co-founded the Cudahy Football Clinic. Now, at one time the Cudahy Football Clinic, besides other than the WFCA clinic, which was the biggest, was the best clinic in the state. The best. And yep. I, I can't even tell you all of the headliners that I saw there. You know through the years of going to that. Um, clinic, including like guys like Tom Osborne from Nebraska would yeah, they, come in and speak at that clinic. Big name guys over oh, the years at that And it thing. was just packed. But anyway, Bernie was, was one of the co-founders of that. Uh, Bernie was a part of 132 wins, um, a part of five conference championships, five playoff appearances. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but when Bernie coached, you had to be a conference champion. To get, get into in. the playoff. Now you just need a, a 500 record in conference to get in. Back then, only conference champions went. And then, uh, you know, I think a very, I'll call it famous football camp that he founded was the Cudahy Lyman's football camp. And, I mean, a lot of guys went to that camp, schools from all over. Hey, guys, what people don't understand is how strong Cudahy football was back in the day. Oh, my. It was, man, 
that that was a program that people put up on a pedestal, and they had some unbelievable players come through that program. Growing up uh, next door to Cut A, obviously, in St. Francis, and uh, got to know a lot of these guys uh, quite well. This is going to be a very popular pick. Uh, there was quite a few supporters for this pick that would call the WFCA or send a letter, including uh, Hall of Famers that, that coached at Cudahy or other schools, uh, including Jeff Tricky, Kerry Benet, Jeff Cavanaugh, and Clayton Lind. All of those guys along play, uh, were assistants for Jerry Bow, who was the longtime head coach at Cudahy right. High School, also another Hall of Famer. And well, if you even cool. go back further than that, Ed Kukar is in the Hall of Fame. So... It goes back. That's quite, quite a history. A tree, that's quite a tree you just talked about. Those are some unbelievable coaches. I'm telling you, Mike, one of the biggest wins I've ever had as a head coach is in, in 95. Uh, we went to Cudahy. This was the year after they won state. And uh, second last game of the year, we beat Cudahy 14-7 to for, for the conference championship. We were undefeated that year. And that was like the biggest win that Tulsa East had had in many, many years was to go down to Cudahy and beat, and beat them. them. Yeah, at Cudahy. And that, at that Cudahy. was always a tough place to play oh, man. back then. Yeah. You know, that no doubt. So, you know what, Bernie Schmidt, congratulations. That That's a really good choice on on your part, guys, to, to, to put him in and well-deserved. Next selection is Mark Tron, Elk Mound High School. 31 years as an assistant. 212 wins during those 31 years, 13 conference championships, 24 playoff appearances, three state runner-ups, one district coach of the year, was the AFLAC National Assistant of the Year, 10 years of the w, as a WFCA district rep. He's also uh, someone that has helped with the All-Star game for several years and uh, put a lot of time and effort into helping the WFCA. Boy, that's... You know, when, when you say about the guys that help for the All-Star game, you know you know where their heart is at on that thing because it's all about nowadays raising money for Children's Hospital, but giving back and, and making sure that these uh, student-athletes have a good experience for, for the All-Star game. So good for Mark. Well, well done with that. And now, Mike, <clears throat> we're going to get into a different category. We have a, another category that's just other awards. So yep. we honor individuals who have really made – um, a contribution to football in the state of Wisconsin. And, and you being one of the former yeah. award winners, you know I, what this is all about this and, is, and what they have to look forward to. I still think of that day a lot, by the way, and I still get people talking to me about it because oh, I, I was trying to hurry you guys up because yeah. I want to get to a break. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I always tell people there's no crying on this show. Well, I had to get to a break that day, by <laughs> the way. I remember that This very is a well. really good pick for you guys for the Dave McLean Award. Yeah, the Dave McLean Award winner this year is Brad Arnett from Next Level. Um, you know, the, the, first of all, Next Level is a partner with the WFCA in the Combine, as you know, because we broadcast live from that every year. Um, he's the owner and director of sports performance at Next Level. Um, you know, and their involvement in the Combine you know, gives the gives it immediate credibility. Immediately, yep. you know, and that's the one thing. You know, our kids that go to that combine, the numbers mean something because Brad Arnett and his crew are the ones that are getting those numbers. You know, so there's again, there's validity to that. Um, now he's been involved with working with athletes of all ages for over 20 years, and just listen to some of the, you know, the individuals from you know professional sports that he's worked with. He's worked with. NFL players, NBA players, Major League Baseball, NHL, P 
PGA, LPGA, the UFC, and Olympic athletes. I mean, Brad has and his staff have they've trained everyone. Other than that, what's he done? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. If you don't get sarcasm, yeah. that's sarcasm. Right. You know, I was there one time and they were doing something on Alec James before the draft, and and I did something for Spectrum Sports. Anyway, when I was there. Off here, we had like five or six uh, NFL guys working out. Across the way was one of Duke Rufus's fighters, an MMA guy. That's, I mean, it was just like the who's who of athletes in the area was yeah. at, at next level that day. Boy, good for him and, and really well-deserved. I know that uh, I had an athlete go out and work out there one year. He comes back to me and he says, Coach, J.J. Watt was working out right next to me. I mean, that's those are some of the, the players that yeah. have been in that place. Well, yeah. that's, that's where my son trains now in the summer. He, he's at next level, and he loves it, and he says it's the best training he's ever had. We've got about three minutes, guys. We've got two more, uh, two more people going in, different awards if we can go. Okay, the next award is the Margie and Dick Rundle Positive Influence of Coaching Award. This year's winner for that award is Chuck Reykjavich of Chippewa Falls High School. Chuck is well known at both the coach and as humanitarian. Chuck and his players have been involved in numerous service projects. This would include a military recognition night, a clothing and shoes drive. Heard his, te- his team work with the homeless. Instituted a program where any player who wants to be a football captain must complete an activity that attempts to bring the school and the community together. The plan must be written and presented to Coach Reykjavich for his approval. Also has to do a past activity write-up. Chuck had 10 captains last year because of this program. Imagine having 10 guys who took the time and effort to do that. Right. I mean, he's your kind of guy. I mean, I know you, Yeah. and that's that's you. That's awesome. Right? Yeah, good for him. Yeah. yeah and the fact that he had 10 yeah. kids that are, were willing to go through, he's not just handing you the captain sleeve and say, you be right. the captain. Right. You go to work for it. Show me what you can do, what you can give back to the school community and this team. He's also a very good football coach oh, yeah. and been there a long time. <laughs> he's won that, a lot of games. Yeah. He's also in the Hall of Fame. Man, yeah. that's awesome. Then finally, uh, Mike, we have two individuals that are going into the National High School Athletic Coaches Association Hall of Fame. So we can nominate two every year from this, from the state of Wisconsin, and we always choose a coach from the north and a coach from the south. So our two inductees this year into the NHSACA Hall of Fame are Dave Keel from Homestead and Bill Turnquist from West De Pere. You know, obviously, Giants, you know, Giants. the coaching category here in Wisconsin. Everybody knows, you know, we've talked already about uh, the Homestead situation with Tom Fugate, but uh, Fugate, but Bill Turnquist, uh, 45 years as a head coach, you know, over 50 years overall as a coach, three straight trips to the WIA state championship, you know, and he's still coaching at Bayport. Man, and Dave, Dave Keel. Right. You know, when you, when you, certainly when you talked about Chuck before and the servant leadership that he believes, um, that's got Dave written all over it. And when, when we went out to do Around the Corner with him, and I wanted to talk about him, and he said, absolutely not. This isn't, you know, this is what we do. The seniors serve the, the junior sophomores and freshmen. That's why our program is good. I got great staff. I got really good parents, really good administrators. And, uh, that that's got Dave written all over it. Really, congratulations to Dave Keel on on that. This is boys. This is as good a list as as you've had. I, I really agree. is. I, you would agree with that, right? I agree absolutely. There is there's nobody. I can't. Nobody can cherry pick. I don't think anybody from this list and say, ah, you sure on that one? Because everybody, every one of these guys is a slam dunk. 
So congratulations to, to you and to John Hoke for, for making just a phenomenal decision. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to talk to one of these guys. We're going to talk to uh, Steve Lega. Liga. Liga, Steve Liga. Right, I'm, I bad. I'm bad with last names, Tommy. <laughs> Tom Lee, uh, Steve Liga, he is uh, going into the 2020 uh, Hall of Fame, and we will talk to him on the other side of the break. This is the Pick and Save, Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show. I'm Mike McGivern alongside, he is uh, Tom Swiddle. He's past president of WFCA Hall of Fame member and Doug Sarver. Uh, we're gonna, we've are gonna we reached out to one of these winners. Yes, we have. And we just want to talk to Steve Liga, who is a uh, retired coach from Cochrane Fountain City. Um, coach, congratulations, 2020 inductee into the WFCA Hall of Fame. And uh, just wondering how you're feeling about all this. Well, thank you very much. You know, I'm pretty humbled. I'm uh, certainly honored to be uh, part of such a, a great organization, you know, that uh, recognizes individuals. Yeah, it. Uh, we, we went through all of, uh, you know, all the stats with, with you and certainly well-deserved coach. And, and what a great night that will be for you and your family. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. it. It should be something new in my life and just something, a way to, you know, perhaps end my career. But now my son just got the offensive coordinator position over by Hayfield by Rochester, Minnesota. So he's kind of asking me to sit in the crow's nest. So I don't think I'm retired yet. <laughs> uh, I, uh, from a, take it from a guy who, who tried to retire. Okay, Steve, you, you'll never get that out of your system at all. You know, Steve, our first uh, guest this morning was John Hulk, uh, hall of fame chairman. And, um, we asked him what's the neatest part of the process for him, and he said it was calling the individuals and letting them know about their Hall of Fame induction. So I have to ask you, where were you? What were you doing when John Hope gave you the call? Well, I'm actually a head softball coach as well, and I was coming back from the – or actually I was at the All-Star game, the softball game, down in Wisconsin Dells. So, you know, I got up and did a little bit of a, a dance on it, you know, right in front of people. <laughs> I don't care. I'm – not that embarrassed about it so i just got up and had fun and you know it was a it was really appreciated i got it from john because you know way back in the day uh, i played football against john back in you know it'd be the 70s i'm guessing mid 70s so that, that's quite the uh quite the phone call hey steve doug sarver here uh you do hey, still doug. have one more game for sure to coach this summer don't you yeah, I'll be uh, coaching the my third time coaching in the All Star game here for the Division uh, Four Seven South. Uh, that that'll be an exciting uh, time for me again. I know I've been there before, but it's it's always exciting working with some of the best athletes in the state of Wisconsin. Man, that's that's awesome. Hey, when when you said that you did a little dance at the softball game, do you have any rhythm, Coach? I I don't know many <laughs> football coaches that have much rhythm. Oh, I practice this every time the Packers score. So <laughs> I, I always you didn't do get that. much practice yeah, last year, though. Do. It's fun. Yeah, not a lot of practice. Not a lot last of practice year. last year. Last year's um, you know season that they had. Hey, Steve, as you reflect, you know, twenty five years as a head coach, eleven years as an assistant. When you, when you take a look at you know all the individuals that that you've had the opportunity to work with, 
perhaps people that have been mentors for you? You know, who are some of the individuals that stand out for you? Well, uh, you know, the individuals in the, the WSCA, certainly, you know, Tom Swiddle and John Hope, Dan Bruner, uh, Doug Sauber, Tony Baolo. I mean, guys who gave me an opportunity to uh, actually push my leadership skills, you know, to, to advance them. I thought that's a, a pretty neat thing. I've got a lot of players uh, who have came back and coached for me. But I think the biggest part of uh, being a coach in, in any sport, but especially football, is the opportunity to develop young boys into men and uh, to see what type of lives they come up with and if they can become good uh, husbands, good fathers. That's my greatest accomplishment, I think. What's the biggest game that you ever won, Steve? What, what game just stands out? Uh, you know, uh, Was it a playoff game, a conference game? What is the biggest game for you? Uh, playoff game against Hillsborough a couple of years back where we just came on and, and we gave a, a, a clinic, you know, a passing clinic. We came out and we threw for, you know, dang near 500 yards and uh, we were seated lower than them. And uh, it just came out and we just kind of controlled that game and we had a lot of fun just tossing the ball around and, and uh, you know, reading the defense and seeing what they were going to give us. I mean, every game of football is a chess game. I, you know, it's a game of chess, but uh, the Hillsboro game, uh, that one really stands out because it was so much fun. Actually, there was another game, too. We lost the game. Uh, we were no huddle, uh, wishbone, and so was Baroqua uh, back, uh, I guess it would have been in the 90s, and uh, we lost 66-55. to 55. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Steve, you've had the opportunity to coach your son. You want to reflect on that, uh, being able to coach your son through uh, being head coach? Yeah, uh, I had two sons play for me, and both of them played in the All-Star game. Uh, Tanner is a uh, graduate of UW Lacrosse in sports management, and then Parker is uh, going to be a teacher at Hayfield, Minnesota. So uh, it, it was a lot of fun uh, working with them. Uh, it provided them a great experience in life, and, and they keep up with those uh, guys that they played with in the All-Star game. And it, you know, it, It's just a neat environment for those uh, young men to – to do that and especially coaching my sons that uh, came out and, and you know did a great job for me and uh, are still doing a great job I'll tell you Steve that is you know having coach and, and Doug has too but having a coach twice in the all-star game as a head coach and and uh, you know you get close to those guys we went to the Brewer game last night my family and uh, my son says to me, hey, Dad, Sam Reitz is here. You know, we go to a Brewer game. He's he's on his phone. You know, another guy from the All-Star game in 2016. You know, every time we go, there's TC finds somebody from the All-Star, from the All-Star game to talk to at, at a Brewer game. And, you know, they've already planned a, a reunion. I'm sure you've done a few of those with your All-Star players. Yeah, these guys, I mean, they keep up. The nice thing about Facebook is we keep up that way and see what they're, what's going on in their lives. And I know we only had a, basically a week to, to try to make a difference and try to uh, develop a relationship with these young men that uh, came from all over the, you know, for me, it was a southern half of Wisconsin because I was with the All-Star South. But, I mean, the, the difference that uh, you can make and you could just have fun learning from people that you, you just don't know where they're from. You don't know about their little schools and stuff like that. But, uh, it, it's certainly an opportunity to grow and to develop for all of these kids and as well as us coaches. You know, I, I certainly uh, would tell every coach to put their name in the hat uh, to uh, coach in that all-star game because it's just a, a neat experience. It's phenomenal. No doubt. We talk about it a lot on this show, and we're going to talk about it in a couple of weeks. 
again because we just uh, there's so much more than that than that game. You know, there's so much that more that goes on that week other than just the game. Um, Steve, congratulations, uh, 2020 WSCA um, Hall of Fame, and and really well deserved. And uh, enjoy that night. Make sure that uh, you get a lot of people up there and 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 really soak that in and and enjoy the whole the whole thing. Yep, I think I'm gonna enjoy it now. It's, it's a little bit more real today. You told me to get a bottle of champagne and celebrate, but I was you know coming back from All Star Game. It will happen tonight. So hey, 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 much for that. Hey, Steve, no dancing up there, though. It's not allowed, just yeah. so you know. I always got to dance. Yeah. I mean, me, but it's a great organization to be part of, and I'm proud of uh, the organization uh, and proud of them giving me a, a chance to lead. That, that's pretty much a, a, a given on this. Steve Liga, again, congratulations. Uh, Cochran Fountain City uh, football coach going into the Hall of Fame. Have a good weekend, sir. You betcha. Thank you. You bet. Hey, let's get to a break. Hey, Doug, thanks for coming in. You're welcome. Yeah, it's re- really good to see you again. Great job on this, and and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you before the All-Star game coming up. We'll see you in a couple weeks. See you in a couple weeks. This is the Pick and Save, Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. No games on the schedule? No! That doesn't stop us from talking football. <laughs> This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Here are your hosts, past WFCA President Tom Swiddle and WSSP High School Insider, Big Time Mike McGiver. It's hour two of the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show is always presented. Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Tom Swiddle. He's the past president of WFCA, WFCA Hall of Fame member. Boy, that was a good group. What a yeah. great hour that was for those guys, man. Well, and, and uh, you know, to, to be a part of the process and know all that goes into it, um, and then the the result of, you know, like like Steve Liga, just the, the joy of, of, of being honored like that. For him just, to dance at a, at yeah, a softball, softball game, that's, game, that's pretty good. Hey, Sparky had called uh, during the break, and he's got some ideas for us next year that we got to talk about, maybe making this uh, announcement a little bit bigger. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about it during the break, but I think there's something there. And he's listening right now, and he said, boy, the— this, this could be a really big event for our radio station and for the WFCA if done correctly. And, and, uh, yeah, he I'd love thinks, to hear Sparky's ideas. Uh, he thinks outside the box, man. He's, uh, he's a really smart man when it comes to this stuff. Hey, we're going to transition more into youth football. And we, had, uh, we talked to youth football, uh, I don't know, a month and a half ago, yeah. something like that. And we wanted to bring two guys in studio. Uh, one is Ed Easley. He's with uh, – it's called Swag. It's Students with Academic Greatness is in studio with us, along with Evan Kern. He's the uh, chief executive officer for the Neighborhood Children's Sports uh, League, and they're both in studio, and we're going to talk a little bit about youth youth football um, in the area of the, mostly the city of Milwaukee, I believe. Ed, uh, first of all, Ed, thank you so much for coming in. Um, how long have you been with SWAG, and is this something that you started? Thank you, yes. Um, SWAG been in existence for the past 12, 13 years. Okay. Um, the past three years, we transitioned from basketball to football. So for the past three years, we've been running the league. Um, before then, I was running the league for the Quadravia Henning Sports League. Okay. So that basically took over the league uh, once the league had ended to keep the football uh, alive and well in Milwaukee. Where do you guys play? 
um, Hampton Field, 5000 North 53rd Street. Okay. And the league, is it is it healthy right now? Do you have enough kids playing? Um, could you use more kids? We can always use more kids, but right now um, we are healthy. We have about 300 athletes right now that's registering. Um, for our season this year, um, has been for the past three since we've been in, in existence. And what uh, what age kids? Uh, ages six to fourteen. Okay, six to fourteen. Those yes. little six year olds running around. Is that flag football at that age? Um, actually, it's still tackle. Uh, okay. We have a, um, a focus on safety and, and education with our athletes as well as our coaches and parents, which helps us uh, make sure that everyone understands true uh, nature of football and how to be, make it safer. Excellent. Uh, uh, Evan Kern, again, he is the chief executive officer uh, for the NCSL, which is Neighborhood Children's Sports uh, League. Hey, um, how long have you been involved with that, Evan? Uh, I've been back coaching. I've uh, been back with the league for probably seven years. Okay. Seven years, but I grew up playing in this league. Uh, I've always come back and helped out with this league. And Good so for you. After college, I've been back uh, ever since. Where do you guys play? Uh, we play at Lincoln Park. Okay, and and healthy. Um, a lot of kids playing. Very very healthy this year. I think we'll see an increase in numbers. I think we'll go from probably about three fifty to about five, maybe five fifty this year. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, that that's big. Do you guys? Uh, and I'll start with you, Evan. Um, so I do the high school football coaches show as well, and and we talk about the city. Uh, conference and and you know you start with Riverside and King because those two programs are really strong and then Marshall a couple years ago is pretty good Bayview a couple years ago is pretty good but there's not the consistency that you see in other leagues do, do you agree with me on that yeah I think that's something that we've been looking at um, as a as a league um, and I've been trying to connect with other coaches to see um, kind of what their what their view is as well but um, I know at the youth level I mean we we seem to have some products you know at that level seventh and eighth grade Sure. Um, guys that look like they're ready to go to high school, um, but for some reason in following up, uh, guys haven't haven't been locking into the team. So um, there's talent in the hallways. It's just trying to figure out why um, why they're not on the field. You know, last last fall, um, uh, you know, I was coaching tech, and I spent every Saturday that I wasn't going up to Michigan Tech to watch TC play. I spent every Saturday going to youth games in the city of Milwaukee. So I was at Hampton Park, I was at Lincoln, I was at Custer, I was at uh, Journey House Field. I was, you know, everywhere, and um, just amazed at the enthusiasm, the numbers. You know, you go to Hampton Park, for instance, on on game day on a Saturday. It is packed with people. There's two fields side by side that you know have games going. Concession stands, very good concessions, by the way. <laughs> I will say, you know, and uh, I went to the. Uh, um, Evans All-Star Games at, at Custer Stadium. And that was at the beginning of November, I think, or maybe end of October, whatever it was. And again, just so impressed by everything that, that's going on. And I agree with Evan in that there is a lot of talent in the city of Milwaukee. And uh, I, I see coaches in the city of Milwaukee that are working really hard and parents that are really supportive of football. So I guess the the, the follow up question, and I know we talk, you know, we normally throw softballs at, at each other during the segment, but or during the show, but where is where where is it dropping off then? If 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 I struggle and I get yelled at a little bit from guys in the city saying, "How come you don't promote and celebrate what we're doing more?" and it's come playoff time, it's hard. It's hard because they, we don't we, we don't have a lot of city teams that are that are moving on into the playoffs, 
And some some people have said, look, maybe what, what what should happen is like down in Chicago where they have a city conference championship. Um, and, and I don't think that's fair. Bill Mulberry didn't think that was fair. These kids have earned the right to play in the WIA. Right. And, and, and Wade Lebecki at the WIA would say the same thing. Right. You know, that the city school should be in the playoffs. But if, if, if look, in the three guys that I'm talking to right now are really impressed, and the numbers they're talking about are yeah. huge. They're ta- the talent level is good. The enthusiasm is good. The, the, the coaches and parents are excited at the early ages. Does it not transition into the high school? I think it's difficult. Now, for me to act like I'm an expert, I'm not. Right. I coached one year in the city, you know, and, uh, you know, well, I would we've, talk. We've got two experts here, too. Right. So you, right. But go ahead. I'm but sorry. I'm just saying, I think where it falls off is at the high school level. I, I don't know that the city develops kids the way they should be developed. There isn't the, the, the support, I'll call it, in the school many times. You know, I obviously Riverside has support and King has support and Reagan's doing a great job. Yes, they Hamilton are. had a really good team last year. But I just know that for most situations, in my situation at Tech, there, there's you're sort of on your own, you know, to make Evan, it happen. Evan, where'd you go to high school? Uh, I went to Marquette High School. Okay. Um, different animal than, than, than what we're talking about. What what would you say to a guy like me that says, look, why, why isn't football in the city in the city conference better than it is? I think you have to look at, I mean, there's several factors. Um, I think one of the things that I've noticed uh, recently is that uh, some of our parents are very last minute in finding out what high school processes are, um, getting to open houses, understanding what that entire process is like. Um, so a lot of times they're committing to schools very late, last minute, um, where we may not have a relationship with those coaches. And so I think it, well, it then it goes to relationships and having relationships with the coaches at all of the high schools um, so we can have a smooth transition. So um, some of these kids, I mean, we've been working with since they were six years old. Um, so to have a relationship with the high school that they go to, I think, would also yeah. make a difference, too. Edward, same question for you. You know, I really think I think trying to figure how to connect the high schools with the youth league, I think that's the missing piece that we're uh, missing right now. Um, trying to get, you know, schools like Milwaukee Tech, um, Washington to invest in the youth football league so that those leagues can have the right um, resources, training for coaches to make sure that players are prepared for that next level. And I think that's where the drop-off is, is, is happening. You know, that's a great point because when you look at, at, at Brookfield East, they have their junior program. And you look at Brook Central and they have their junior program. And you look at some of these schools that we're talking about, they have a specific feeder program right into the high school. And they're running the stuff that the high school coach is running. So they walk in as freshmen, they know each other, they've played together, and they're running the system. In the city, Bayview used to have the uh, Red Cats, and I don't know if they still – If I know it's still going on, but I don't know if that's a straight feeder program for Bayview or not. But these schools got to come to, to your leagues and say, okay, what kids are going to Tech or what kids are going to Riverside? And when you look and you talk about King and you talk about Riverside, those two guys have been working these leagues for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see Patrick, I'm sure, all the time, right? You see the coach with King all the time. Um, at at your your leagues, and those guys now know everybody. The one of the problems is the turnover in coaches in the city is quite high, and I would assume that you think that that would that would help if guys would stick around. 
Yeah, we need the relationships. We need the relationships to continue. If that's a smooth transition for players, which, I mean, for younger guys, there's a lot going on at that time, too. I mean, 14, 15-year-olds, uh, you know, their world is kind of changing. And so to not have a constant ear, um, constant voice for them to listen to about the football direction, I think is it makes a big difference. And you know what, Tom, and I know that, that I, I'm not going to lead you down the path that, that we shouldn't go to, but you would you would also agree with me that that it starts at the top in, in at the school the administration in, in some of the schools sports is not a priority and they don't it's just not and so it's 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 about getting kids in the school and educating them but one of the pieces of that and I think everybody in this this room will agree to get them in school and keep them you know interested motivated is sports yeah and if they're not going to if they're not going to give a coach keys for things and stuff like that, all these stories I've heard, it doesn't. It, it it's hard. You're, you're completely on your. Here was my experience. You're completely on your own, expected to do everything by yourself, with absolutely no resources to work with. You know, it's that's that's the reality of the, that I faced at Tech. You know, and that's just the way it is there. I guess you know, and um, and that isn't even the reason why I, I left. Right. You know, I mean, there was an you know other reason, but you know, I mean, I was I was coming back, you know, and but you know, you're right. It's it starts at the top. You have to invest something. You you got to make sure the lockers work in the locker room and the the equipment shed door can actually open so you can get your equipment just out and basic. I things. know it's just those just things just basic. fall by the wayside. And and guys, you know who's you know who um we're hurting the most with this is the student athletes. The guys that you're working with, the kids that you're working with from, you know, the age of six that could have a great experience playing high school football and maybe playing at the next level are, are walking in going, wait, what is it? What, what's going on? I No, yeah. I'm not going to be able to They had to an that. open house in October at Tech. I didn't even know about it. So there's eighth graders in the building. I'm there. I'm at practice, you know. And I didn't even know there was an open house going. Like the, the word, so football was not even present there. Nobody even bothered to tell me about the night, you know? Yeah, that that's the kind of thing that's holding things <laughs> so, back. And but it's not like that at every school, obviously. I, no, it's not. You know. But here's the tough part for guys like you that put in all this sweat equity into your programs. And all the things that you do for these kids until they get through eighth grade. And the lessons that you teach them through the game of football sometimes get hit by a roadblock and to the point that – Look, we know this because I've coached basketball for a long time. It it doesn't have to be easy for these kids, but it has to be a path that they could see. Okay, I need to be, I need to, I need to get decent grades, and I have practice today at four thirty. So between class and basketball, I can hit the library. I got a teacher I got to see, or I can go grab something to eat. But here it is, boom, boom, boom. And then when they need help, that we're here to help. But it has to come from the top as well. We're, we're going to keep you guys for another segment if we can. Uh, Ed Easley, he is uh, with uh, Students with Academic Greatness. And Evan Kern, the, the CEO of uh, Neighborhood Sports, it's Children's, I'm sorry, Neighborhood Children's Sports League. Um, and we're going to continue to talk about youth sports in the city with these guys. This is the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
Well, welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show and the Dr. Phil show all lined up with one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, guys. I get out. You get worked this, up. I get on the soapbox. I've lived in Milwaukee City, Milwaukee my whole life. Never anywhere else. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I do get worked up. I get yelled at a little bit for that, <laughs> but that's all right. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Tom Swiddle. We're talking some youth football from the city of Milwaukee. Ed Easley with students with academic greatness and swag. And he's got a swag shirt on right now. It looks good. And uh, Evan Kern, Chief Executive Officer for Neighborhood Children's Sport League. Let's start, uh, Ed, with you. If we can talk a little bit about uh, the mission statement behind student uh, students with academic greatness. What what are you guys trying to accomplish and talk a little bit about your league? Okay, well, our, our mission is developing leadership and character development through, um, through college readiness through athletics. Um, we're big on education. Uh, we feel that when the coaches, players, parents are more educated, it makes for a better product. So we spend a lot of resources and time on education and as well as development, um, skill development. And so we believe those are the keys to make an athlete the best that they can be um, giving them every resource, every tool to be successful. And that's what our league is about, really hounding with the fundamentals of football, techniques, which is key with us, so that the product on the field is at a higher level. Where did you go to high school? I'm Milwaukee Tech, class of 96. There, there you go. Yeah, it's proud, proud Trojan, oh, yes. right? Yes, sir. That's awesome. Hey, same question, uh, Evan, for you, kind of the Reader's Digest on, on what you guys do with NCSL. Uh, basically very similar. Um, we're talking about, about building character in kids as a soft, as a safe alternative to um, the, the neighborhood and the, the things that are going on in the neighborhood. So, Yeah, that's awesome. Do the kids have to come? Is there certain boundaries for, for your leagues on where they, they need to come from, or is it just City of Milwaukee or anywhere? They come from all over, and so all of our teams pretty much practice at our local parks, and so they're spread out all throughout over the city um, on the north side. Guys, again, I have a very small sampling of this because it was just last fall. It was my only experience with youth football in Milwaukee. But how many leagues exist? There's a number of other leagues, correct? Yes, I believe what there's um, our league. St. Bernadette is still out yeah. there. Journey House is out there. NPS has a league. So there's probably four or five leagues um, as well as a couple teams that travel and um, do some other things as well. So Do, do you ever – like have meetings between like yourselves and other heads of leagues. Do you guys ever get together and, and, and talk about, you know, all the, the different things that are going on? Is there any, cause I know both of you are, are involved at the state level with the, the, you know, the new proposed state youth football uh, association, you know, they're going to combine, you know, and get ideas, schools or not schools, but leagues together having some uniformity. Have has there been an attempt in Milwaukee to do that kind of thing? Um yes, we we've been doing that for a number of years. We have a strong relationship with um Charles Brown of the Journey House. So we are looking to connect. We do connect with NPS as well. Our major program ages 12 to 14 also uh, plays under that um league. Um so we try to connect, try to bring the resources together as much as possible to make our league that much stronger. Yeah, that's hard. How do you find coaches? Uh, most of our coaches are probably parents, mostly parents that yeah. uh, that just have a passion, um, have boys that are around that age, and, and they've taken the whole boat not to just focus on those kids but to take on 
a group of kids and, and they're catching kids from all over the cities, from gas stations to, you know, wherever we can run into kids, grocery stores, uh, you yeah. know, wherever you can catch kids, that's where we're getting them from. Edward, same thing? Yeah, same thing. And uh, we um, normally have coaches meeting throughout the whole year talking about the state of football, our league, and what we want to accomplish. So we spend a lot of time and research on coaches' development, going through classes, seminars, so they are educated. And so a lot of these um, coaches are, like we have a coach corner, um, Bruce C. Packers. He's now coach with um, Washington football program. So we have a number of, of, of um, parents who were parents, learned how to coach, and now they're expanding out into the high school area arenas. So it's, it's a great um, accomplishment for the program. You know what, Mike, when I – watched games last fall I was um, struck by you know looking at the offenses being run and things you know I mean it's it's like high level it's spread it's throwing the ball it's you know it's doing all the things that that you would think you know that most high schools are, are trying to emulate now I mean it was and I went to some practices where I just watched all I did was watch and uh, there's a lot of coaching going on there's no question about it we're talking with uh, Ed Easley's with uh, Students with uh, Academic Greatness. It's SWAG is the name of that sports club. And Evan Kern, the Chief Executive Officer for NCSL Neighborhood Children's Sports League. Um, Evan, what keeps you up at night with with this league? Is there anything that, that boy, you know what, I, I, I've been thinking about this and worrying about this from, you know, for a month now and can't seem to get it. What, what keeps you up? Uh, I think the the transition piece that we talked about earlier is something that, uh, you know, for a minute I had to kind of stop myself because I, I was seeing our work just kind of fall by the wayside. Um, like you said, when you see kids you've worked with for three or four years, you know, um, basically just leave football in its entirely. Um, and like I said, I'm a guy that football took me a long way. Um, it showed me a lot about life. And so I wanted those guys to experience that same thing. Um, but when they just kind of stop playing, um, it, it definitely kind of hurt. It hurts a little bit as a former coach, and and especially if you find out what's the reason they stopped playing. Do you, do you know? Because that gets to be frustrating. If it's just that they didn't have a love for the game and didn't want to play at the high school level, we all get that. Okay, no worries with that. But if it's because, look, I didn't. I went to the high school. I didn't know the coach. Nobody really told me about it. And all of a sudden, now I'm a sophomore. I missed all of last year, and and now I'm done. If it's the administration part of it and the, the not being coordinated part, that's the part that would must drive you nuts. Well, that's a piece that I think we're thinking about. What what do we have control over? And I think it's com- coming up with a system where we can follow where our kids are going. Right now, a lot of kids leave us, and we don't know where they go. And so we may not see them for two or three years, you know, and then we find out that they're not playing. But what we can do is kind of try to track them and figure out where they're going. And, again, just follow up on all those relationships. I think that would be a great idea. And I think that that's maybe the missing step in all this thing. Um, Ed, what keeps you up at night? No, um, the, for me, it's the disconnect, as we were talking about earlier, trying to figure out how to take our lead and connect with the high school level. And that right now, that is our main focus, how to make that transition. Because when we have kids in our league who love our coaches, staff, they love the atmosphere, but then when they transition to the high school, if they don't feel that same connection, it, it cuts. I mean, they, they'll find other things to do with their time. Well, maybe football is great at the youth level, but I don't know about the uh, high school level. I think I'm just going to do something else. And now those athletes that we lose in, the, in, you know, in that transitional period. Yeah, and I, I have to tell you, you guys, I was so looking forward to working with you. Seriously. I mean, I just was – so looking forward to that, and, and, and I'm sorry that it's not going to happen. You know, well, I, I feel bad about that. It's not in, in, as your role as as a guy, at, a head coach at Milwaukee Tech, but trust me, he's always available, and he knows everybody. <laughs> and and so 
if you ever put this thing together and how to keep that 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 next step, he'd be a great guy for you to call and ask. Because again, he, you know, he's getting calls from Dan Brunner and all these guys <laughs> during the show that he can't talk to us during the break. But he he's got everybody lined up. Other than being a Marquette High guy, he's not bad. Sorry about that. I had to give you. I'm a I'm a Mesmer guy, so you trust me. There's a lot of problems with with that. Hey, I really appreciate you guys yeah, coming. Thank in. you so much for and coming in. You know what? Uh, keep up the good work. Keep up the fight, man. Don't. I know there are times, like you said, you know, you you think, look at all this this work we're doing for not, but these kids, you're changing, and these kids, you're 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 having such an impact on their life, not only because we're you know, you're good mentors to them, but the game of football teaches a lot about life, boys. So thank you. It's good to see you. Awesome. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank We're you going to get much. to a break. Other side of the break, Todd Kibbe. He is with uh, Vsauce. Vices. Why? You just Vices. say it. Vices. Vices helmets. You know, Jeff laughs at me all the time because I'm telling you with that. Vices. And I have it written down right here, Vices, yeah. and how it should sound. Big time helmet company. Oh, yeah. Three years in a row, the safest helmet, and now a sponsor with WFCA. Yes, they are. That's awesome. We'll talk to him uh, three times again. Top ranked helmet, and and they think for years to come they will have that award. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Show, presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented, as always, by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside my co-host. He is uh, Tom Swiddle, past WFCA, past president of the WFCA and a Hall of Fame member with the WFCA as well. You know, Tom, uh, before we get to our next guest, when you talk about guys like Ed Easley and Evan Kern, they're, they're doing good things and, and really working hard in the city of Milwaukee to, to introduce football and have kids fall in love with the game that they that they love. And they're doing things for the right reason. And I think that one step is missing. I agree. And and you just caught us in, a, in having a meeting in the hallway, and we threw some ideas around. So we're going to get going and, and see what we can do to bridge that gap between the youth programs and, and high school. Yeah, I, I, I hope that you'll help them because I, I – Boy, those are two good guys. They are. And they've been doing it for a while, and they're city of Milwaukee guys. When, when you talk to a guy like Evan who said, look, I came back. This is where I played. And I came back to, to give back to this league and this sport that I love so much. And doing it the way he's doing it, I, I hope that uh, I hope you guys are successful with that. Hey, our, next, our next guest, he uh, handles Southeast Wisconsin uh, for Vices, which is uh, a great helmet company. Well, boy, and, is it ever. And they are a um, – they are a sponsor of the WFCA, and and very happy to have Todd Kibbe on uh, from Vices. He's manager and key account in Southeast Wisconsin. Todd, how you been? I am fantastic, gentlemen. Thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, to let us tell a little bit about our story to the good folks of uh, Wisconsin. Man, we're making some making some great inroads in the state, and uh, with our helmet, Devices Zero One, we are uh, really taking off and uh, excited about kind of. Taking on what you just talked about, you know, like the city leagues that you have, the youth programs, the high school programs, 
we've got answers for uh, for a lot of those uh, those questions that are out there for the folks in uh, in Wisconsin. And Todd, you know what? More than ever before, and the reason this this show started a number of years ago, uh, Tom came in the studio and said, "Look, I believe." And there's a lot of guys like me that believe that football has never been safer to play. But when, you know, at that point, we had a president said, if I had a son, I would never let him play football. And we need to tell a different story at this point because with all the training and some of, and certainly some of the equipment like yours, football has, has never been safer. Look, it's a, it's a fast, violent contact sport. So there are going to be injuries. But if you look at other sports that nobody ever talks about, you know, there are sports out there that people never think about when they talk about injuries that have far more injuries than, than football. And when a company like yours, yours comes around and has been top-ranked three years running for the the best and safest helmet in, in football at all levels, I think it's important that we listen to, to how you guys are doing it and why you're doing it. Well, thanks for the opportunity again. And, and we couldn't be uh, in more sync with what you're talking about, Mike, is, is the, uh, you know, our, our motto is protect the athlete, elevate the game. Uh, we know that the coaches are out there doing things, what they need to do to make the game safer, to teach it in a different way than it was taught when I was playing and you were playing. Uh, that's many, many moons ago. Um, but we've come into this. Vices has only been around for about four years, and, and our founders really don't have a conventional sporting goods background. Uh, our trio of Dr. Pierre Reinhold, I'll just give you a little background on how we came about and why, why we're doing what we're doing. Dr. Pierre Reinhold is the chairman of the University of Washington's Mechanical Engineering Department and the founding director of the Boeing Advanced Research Center. Our CEO, Dave Marver, is an experienced uh, is an experienced CEO in the medical device industry, spending quite a bit of time with Medtronic. And Dr. Sam Browd is a, is a pediatric neurosurgeon and medical director of the Seattle Children's Sports Concussion Program. He's the director of the Sports Institute of the University of Washington and also an NFL unaffiliated neurological consultant. Now, that's a mouthful, but those three guys, really had the idea four years ago, how do we make this game safer? How do we make it better? And how can we do it from the, you know, protecting the head? And that's where we've come in. And as you said so kindly, uh, three years running, we're the top-ranked helmet uh, for the third year in a row for the NFL and the NFL Players Association testing. And the zero-one helmet is the highest-ranked five-star helmet under five pounds in Virginia Tech's star helmet rankings. So we are doing our part, or we think we're doing our part or giving our part back to football uh, in trying to, to save the game uh, by, by, by looking at head health and trying to do what we can do to have an impact um, at that level. Hey, um, to, to go see uh, what the, what we're talking about, if you want to go to their website, it's vices.com. It's V-I-C-I-S. And maybe on those three guys you talked about on your board, you know, maybe you should have had one of those guys be kind of smart, you know, and maybe, <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, you know, they don't let guys like me in there. No, no, trust me, me, you, and Swiddle would not be on that yeah. board. No, no, no. But, but what they do do is they've gone out and they've solicited a lot of information. They've got, and again, we're a four-year-old company, mind you. By, by the way, one of the benefits of being a four-year-old company, and you don't think about this too often, 
our helmet is is different than any other helmet on the market. Uh, the design reduces the impact forces uh, by yielding in a collision, similar to a car bumper. Uh, today's car bumper. Uh, the concept is so unique that the helmet was named one of Time Magazine's top 25 inventions in 2017. Now, you and I and Tom there did not think about football helmets as something to be invented, right? No. It's just something you put on and you go out and you play. Well, you know, this is where we're coming from. We've, we've solicited information from, from current players, from former players. We talked to the medical uh, industry. We've talked to the trainers uh, for pro and collegiate programs. Um, we tried to get everybody we could, and, and we have a lot of good uh, – we have some interesting names who are our investors, including the likes of a couple of guys that may re- resonate well in, in Wisconsin. Well, Russell Wilson um, is one of our – Russell Wilson, Alec Baldwin – or excuse me, Alec Baldwin, Alex Smith, and Doug Baldwin <laughs> – Knew I would do that. That's all right. Um, along now with uh, with Aaron Rodgers coming along, uh, are now investors in uh, Vices and Zero One, and our Zero One Youth Football Helmet, which is even uh, it's ranked the best helmet period in Virginia Tech's ranking. So we've got some smart guys that have thought about making something different, have enlisted. You know, the right people in um, in both the current players. We also have the likes of Roger Staubach and Tony Dorsett, more of my era, uh, my heroes that are part of uh, the Vices family. So we've got a really good thing going here, and it's all about protecting the athlete. And, you know, um, Todd, I, I kind of saw this in action in a way. Um, you had a, a table at our Combine uh, last mm-hmm. April, and um, you know the combine. You know you don't think about going to the combine and buying a helmet, right? I mean that's you know not the purpose of it. Why not? Well, yeah, why not? Well, true, but all <laughs> I know is that you guys had a table there and you sold a bunch of helmets that that day. You know, parents talked to uh, Clint, and uh, I, I don't know if you were there or not, Todd. To be honest, but um, you know whoever was there manning the booth for Vices did such a great job and, and, you know, in talking with uh, Clint Brightman, who's also another representative from Vices, um, that you guys sold a lot of helmets. And, you know, the word is getting out. I mean, people are aware of what you guys are doing and what you have done. I tell coaches that, um, that you know, if parents are coming to coaches these days, you know, they want to protect their sons they, and, or, and daughters. Um, they see in a Google search in five seconds, you put in helmet performance, and lo and behold, that drop test is going to show up, and it's going to show our helmet on one side, and it's going to show our competition's helmet on the other side, and it looks different. And if parents aren't informed about you know, the options that are available to them, i.e., you know, a three-time um, top-rated helmet by the NFL and the Players Association, top-ranked in Virginia Tech, um, then they're going to start asking some questions. So, you know, we're trying to get in front of this. Clint uh, was at that uh, at the combine. I was at a different one, unfortunately. I couldn't make it to that one. Uh, we're trying to get the word out as much as possible, and we think if we can get it into the hands of people, so that they, like you like you're saying uh, at a combine, you don't think about buying a football helmet. Well, that's you know we're kind of 
flipping the script and we're going to be there. We're going to be at, you know, the all-star game. We're going to be at, you know, some of the events at the WFCA, which we're ecstatic about being at. Uh, so we can just do just that, have that touch, have that feel, see the difference. You can t- actually push our, our helmet in um, with a thumb and people are like, wow, that doesn't look, that, that, that's not what I have expected. Well, we've got a certainly, we've got a 21st century helmet when everyone else is working off of 20th century type um, um, of uh, designs and lack of innovation, a polycarbonate versus what we have as a polymer. It gives, it's different. And when people start seeing it and start thinking in terms of head health and how we can protect the, the brain differently than what is out there, uh, we're, we're starting to see a lot, of, uh, a lot of Wisconsin schools have, have uh, been joined last year, and we're seeing quite a few more this year as well. He is uh, Todd Kibbe. He is the, the uh, manager of key accounts for Southeast Wisconsin with Vices. Go to VICIS.com. And we're talking uh, health, staying healthy while you're playing football with what is has become a big um, deal in the, the, the world of football. They're the top-ranked three years running, um, the, the best helmet uh, throughout the country. And they're doing it in a different way. And, and go to their website. It's a really interesting website. I spent a lot of time on it this morning. And uh, I would highly recommend if you're a parent, a coach, a player, administrator to some of these schools, that check this out. And uh, there's uh, you can certainly find Todd on that website and get a hold of Todd. He, he handles Southeast Wisconsin for this company. And we're going to hold him over for another segment. Uh, this is the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Show as always, presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He's Tom Swiddle. Tom, I love talking. Anytime we can talk about football yeah. in, the, in this segment, this whole show has been great. We go from who's been inducted to, to the Hall of Fame to two guys that are trying to make a big difference in the city of Milwaukee to a guy like this who's trying to make a difference throughout the country and keeping our kids safe when they play a sport that we love. And the fact that uh, Vice has been doing that now for year four, uh, I think is really impressive. Hey, Todd, can we get your background a little bit? Are you a are you a Wisconsin guy, a Chicago guy? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm a Chicago guy. Um, I've uh, I've been I, I got to play up through uh, the, uh, the high school level. Uh, but I've stayed around high school football. I do a little bit of broadcasting myself in Northwest Indiana. I've been with a, a little outlet called the Regional Radio Sports Network, where we cover uh, Friday Night Lights on uh, for the past 25 years uh, in the region and uh, northern North Central Indiana. So I've always had my you know my my passion has always been football, high school football specifically. That's awesome because uh, I always I think kids have to deal with you know all kinds of things, grades acne, you know, coaches, you name it, uh, at that level. But on Friday night, they get to go out there and play. I remember that specifically. But I've also been a sales professional for about 30 years uh, in and around the, the greater Chicagoland area. And um, 
so when this, I, I followed Vices for about a year to try to get this job, and they, there wasn't an opportunity there. Timing was everything. And lo and behold, uh, last November, uh, the opportunity came up, and I jumped on it. So I've been fortunate enough to work with Clint. We've split the state in half. He basically has the northern portion, and I get the southern half of the state, and we have had a lot of great um, uh, uh activities that's going on and again it gets down to if i can get a helmet on a kid that's what i'm trying to do just to make an impact with that you know to that individual level because it means so much to me and to us as a company um, that's why we got into this is you know again protecting the athlete so you know todd uh mike is on thursday night lights here in uh, yeah. in southeast Wisconsin uh, with I, I, a television broadcast. I'm the sideline reporter, Todd. They couldn't afford a good-looking oh. girl, so they got me. That's the way that well, worked. I, I've got the looks of radio. That's why you know I am staying up in the booth, and they don't even get anywhere near a video camera with me. So. <laughs> you know, Todd, we're so excited the WFCA to be working with Vices. I mean, you're you're the kind of partner that that we really want to work with. Uh, you know, with your product and what you're doing for the game. And, and I mean, there's plenty of coaches in our state already know about Vices, but the fact that, you know, now with, with all the different things you're going to be doing with us, uh, certainly uh, the Vices name is going to spread rather quickly, I think, throughout the state of Wisconsin. We are very excited to, to partner with the WFCA. And, you know, I, I attribute that all to Clint. Um, as I was trying to get a job with, with Vices, Clint was working with Vices, and he'd made – quite a bit of those inroads so now to have that partnership come to fruition we're extremely excited you know we're trying to take you know our road show on the road uh where to wherever the people will listen to be completely honest um you know we like talking about the helmet and its construct the load shell being you know it absorbs impact by deforming locally wherever that hit takes place the next layer in um, you know, we, we just love to talk about the reflex liner system. It's the columnar structure that mitigates impact forces uh, throughout the helmet. That's what's different about our helmet, guys. We don't have any air in our helmet other than what's blowing through in the breeze. Um, we like to fit our helmets and forget it. And again, with this partnership with the WFCA, we truly believe that we're going to be able to spread that word uh, wide and broad and um, have an impact uh, like we've had, uh, uh, you know, for the past year in, uh, in many programs throughout the state. And, and what kind of feedback have you gotten, Todd? Obviously, coaches have gotten back to you, parents, and, and, and yeah. you know, what, what kind of feedback are you getting from, you know, individuals that have worn your helmet? So can I can I quote uh, Coach Larson out of Somerset High School? You sure Is can. Okay? We know Bruce Larson very well on this show. You know him well. Excellent. Well, we have him as one of our testimonials, and his quote is, I know the 0-1 is making a difference because I see it on the field. Our fullback got absolutely blasted head-on by a linebacker. Everyone thought he was done. The kid came back to the sidelines. The first thing he said was, good thing for this helmet, and went back in. That's the kind of feedback that we're getting. You know, hit, as you said earlier, Mike, you know, football is a violent game. That's not ever going to change. But to come and move into the 21st century with ways of teaching the game to be a little bit safer, to be more safer, excuse me, and with equipment that can do that. Uh, oh, and by the way, you know, what the parents are re responding to um, <laughs> 
I got a kid from, uh, they said, my son received his new zero once a day after wearing a school-issued helmet for the past couple of weeks. I picked him up from practice and asked how he liked his new helmet. With a big smile, he said, Mom, this is the Versace of helmets. (laughs) That's perfect. You you guys can use that line, man. It's a marketing line right there. That's exactly it. So we're, you know, we are uh, we're getting great feedback, and we, we did a, a postseason summary uh, uh, survey last year. You know, in the ninety percent on comfort um, for both individuals, teams, and uh, full teams and partial teams that made the switch. Uh, visibility is a huge thing with us. We we're building a new helmet. You know, the guys thought, well, let's what other performance enhancements can we do? We'll cut the uh, the eyesight back so you can see more of the helmet, or excuse me, see more of your, you can have more vision, 13 degrees more left and right from a peripheral vision. That staves off all kinds of things, injuries, uh, see the field better. Just, you know, we, we've thought it through and thought it through, and all this R&D brings us to the one and only product that we have, the Vices Zero One. We call it, do you guys know why we call it the Zero One? We do not. All right, so... It started with a clean sheet of paper with those three gentlemen that I talked about earlier, our trio of leadership. Um, it started with a clean sheet of paper. It We went from ground zero, and that's our one and only product. We don't have a whole catalog that we can rely on. This is what we got, the Vices Zero One. Todd, thank you so much. Todd Kibbe again. Thanks, Todd. I look forward to seeing you at the All-Star Game. See, count, uh, key counts Thanks. guy. Vices, go to VICIS.com. Matt, great show today, Thomas. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thanks Yo, for your help. Well done. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.